You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org. Good morning, everyone, again. Um, so today is, uh, perhaps I'll kind of say a little bit about what we've been doing in, in January, which then you know leads us to, to sort of where we are today. So January, we tend to sort of take as a bit of a month of reflection, I guess. I don't know if you're, if you're into sort of New Year reflection or resolutions or anything like that. We don't quite get that far, but it's just a chance, isn't it, to sort of take stock, reflect a little bit, look back, um, look forward, and, and yeah, just think about maybe uh, what God specifically might be saying to us individually, but also as a community in terms of, yeah, just what's, what's coming up for us, really. So uh, last week, we did looking back. So yeah, we did just do that whole thing of like reflecting on the year and specific things that had happened and maybe a little bit about what we'd lost as well as what we'd gained. And that leads us on to today. So today we're thinking about looking forward. So yeah, what what are the specific things that we maybe need to be aware of going into to 2023 as Oasis Church Bath? And then that sort of culminates in Partnership Sunday, which is next Sunday, which is all about, I guess, the part we play um, in that in that kind of looking forward um, and where we sort of recommit um, together as a church to go, yep, yeah, I'm in. This is um, this is my church. This is something I want to be part of. Um, and yeah, part of that is thinking about church membership a little bit as well. But I won't I won't cover that today. Um, so those of you that um, have been around uh, a while may may remember me wheeling this out every year. I'd be like, oh, Joe's got a mountains picture out again. You'll you'll see it every year, um, <laughs> mostly because I I need the personal reminder. Um, so yeah, this is kind of this is kind of why we do this because I think um, it's really important that we we look back and we realise how far we've come, what we've done, um, and it's really important important as well that we keep looking forward. And maybe sometimes what we don't do is the sort of looking back. I don't know what kind of person you are, which one you tend to sort of fit into. You're always looking ahead. You're always looking to the next thing, maybe not so much able to sort of reflect and, and, and kind of, yeah, uh, just mark, I guess, acknowledge what you've achieved, where you've been. Or maybe, yeah, it's the other way around. But I think both of those things are really important. And so that's kind of what we do this time of year. It's it's looking back as we remember with gratitude the things that God has done. Um, and remember, I guess, sometimes with lament and with heartache, the things that maybe didn't happen. And all of that is is good and valid. And then, yeah, that sense of, of looking onwards and dreaming together. So um, I'm... <laughs> Like, it's really important to me that this isn't just something that I do. You know, I, I don't know, I've been part of churches in the past where it's like, you know, Vision Sunday. And it's basically like you have to listen to somebody talk for like 45 minutes about their individual vision for the church, which just feels like a really unhealthy way of doing it. So this isn't that. Um, but at the same time, I'm hub leader, I'm church leader. So I do have kind of this perspective, I guess, because I see everything that, that we, we do. And so I think it probably is helpful for me to share some thoughts about, uh, yeah, what I think going forward. So we're kind of doing a bit of both. So you'll hear a bit from me and then later we're going to create some space for you guys to kind of just, yeah, have, listen to God, listen to yourself, pause, reflect, think about, yeah, what, what you think as well. And, and there'll be some chance to, to share that and I'll explain how that's going to, that's going to work a bit later on. And I guess that's part of, you know, that's very much linked to our, you know, we are a Baptist church and it's a, it's a wonderful thing about our Baptist theology that, you know, we, we believe that we all kind of discern the voice of God together, as it were. You know, we all can hear God, we all can um, contribute and participate. And so that's part of the why we do it the way we do it. So I think firstly, it's just always good to begin with gratitude, isn't it? And so um, I, in preparation for this talk, I went back and listened to what I'd said last year um, about looking forward. And there was just a couple of things that really just, yeah, 
like blew me away about kind of things we'd done. So I remember talking about how it would be amazing to have this assistant church leader because my job was really unsustainable and I didn't have enough time to focus on the church and wouldn't it be amazing, but we haven't got any money and we can't do that. And now that person is employed working for us two and a half days a week, which is amazing. I was going to say now he's here in the room, but he isn't. He's in Vienna enjoying a lovely wellness break, living his best life. So good work, Ian. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, that is amazing. Like, and it has been life-changing for me in a way that I cannot explain so um just want to be really mindful that that was a dream that is now here and happening isn't that isn't that amazing and loads of other things you know we said about adding to our trustee group we've got two new trustees uh, that have come on board this year which is fantastic um so last year now uh, we've managed to somehow fully fund both our pantries until the end of 2024 and if you if you kind of know anything about community work and i say fully fund i mean that's sort of core cost we always obviously need to kind of keep raising money um, but that's incredible just to have that sense of security and safety for those sort of core costs for that amount of time We'd also talked about pantries having like a community cafe element and that's that's happening every single week, which is fantastic. Um, and I remember particularly we we spoke when the um, when Russia invaded Ukraine and I remembered if you remember Lee, you kinda I remember quite strongly you sort of standing up and, and you know, we we just were thinking, what do we do? God, you know, we were just kind of like we want to respond in some way, but equally we know there's all these other organizations, we don't want to repeat what others are doing and um, you know and now those Ukrainian refugees are people that we know and love. You know, they we know them by name they're part of our pantry and we did the Ukraine welcome event last year as well um, and there'll be some other things that we're able to do so we've been able to respond um, in a way that's collaborative with other organizations and in a way that's helped us you know build really strong relationships with some of the Ukrainian refugees that um, have moved to Bath so that's amazing so and I could I could say more but there's just a few things you know those things have happened um, and I just think what a great place to start is like yes you know we're doing it and we're doing the things that we said we wanted to do and things that we dreamed of have happened and that's amazing so I want to sort of share a few specific kind of smaller things, I guess, um, yeah, about yeah, around the different areas of who we are and then sort of one kind of big thing, which I think is going to be the sort of theme or maybe one of the themes, uh, yeah, of, of the year. So, yeah, our pantry. So um, we've seen a real shift um, in, in recent months. Perhaps when we started the pantry, we were, we were kind of welcoming probably about, I don't know, 15, 20 people a week in the, in the sort of early days. And probably from, I don't know if it's from the summer really, but um, numbers very quickly shot up. And there's a few different reasons for that. Um, obviously, we welcomed a lot of Ukrainian refugees. We've had the cost of living crisis has, has hit particularly hard. So we were expecting numbers to go up, but perhaps not to the, the crazy level that we have. So we're kind of seeing probably 50 to 60 people now each week. Uh, we've got queues out the door from 12 o'clock onwards and we don't open till one o'clock um, and it's it's been quite challenging to uh, to learn how to just still run a pantry in the way that we wanted to in terms of relationship and making sure that we were actually um, connecting with people and building community rather than just doing crisis response so this year that's going to be a big question for us and um, I guess around what kind of charity that we want to be so you know we could do things like restrict numbers so that we kind of see less people in that sense of you know hoping for like those, that deeper transformation as we have deeper relationships um, or do we just just say actually people need this support and so do we just help more people but on a, on a kind of basic crisis response level and that will be a, a question that our staff team sort of work through and also um, yeah our hub steering group as is um, as well and I think within that within you know the question behind the question is 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 about making sure that we're not part of the problem uh, which I think the charity sector particularly can you know needs to reflect on a little bit more and so actually what we experience in terms of why food insecurity is such a big issue in this country and why we're having to be on the front front 
frontline meeting that need is actually down to a, a really broken system. And so what are we doing to challenge that system? What are we doing to stop um, that in the first place rather than just kind of picking up the need and filling the gaps? Um, this is a, a Dorothy Day quote, which I really love. To feed the hungry, clothe the naked and shelter the harbourless without also trying to change the social order so that people can feed, clothe and shelter themselves is just to apply palliatives. It is to show a lack of faith in one's fellows, their responsibilities as children of God and heirs of heaven. It's a bit of a punch in the face, quote that one. Um, and yeah... Um, I just, I've actually, there's another, there's another quote. This is a bit more famous, this one, Desmond Tutu, but a similar point, I think. So there comes a point where we need to stop just pulling people out of the river. We need to go upstream and find out why they're falling in. So I want us to think more about this um, this year. You know, what what are we, what can we do that's like lobbying, campaigning, that's seeking to bring change on a, a deeper and a higher level that goes beyond immediate crisis response? So I think that's going to be key for us. Um, I kind of linked to that. We, um, our governance groups, um, you can find out more about this on our website, but we've got a group of trustees and then we've got a church steering group and a hub steering group. And uh, there's been a bit of a need to revise the, the purpose and function of our hub steering group. So when the hub steering group started, um, I, I was, I think it was only me and Elaine that were kind of on the staff team. And now, you know, we've grown to a staff team of six, which is fantastic. But um, several of those staff are, are more involved now in the delivery of things. So there's less of a need for um, that kind of, you know, steering because the staff are sort of doing that. And there's a, a few other things that we've sort of thought about, you know, what, what kind of needs changing. So we're sort of hoping to um, evolve the hub steering group into the hub development group. So similar, but just a slight shift. Um, and its focus will be helping to support and improve existing projects and activities that Oasis Hub Bath deliver, as well as supporting new and emerging ideas. So rather than sort of, you know, checking governance information, which is kind of what it is now, it's going to move to be more about refining and improving and being a bit of a lab, I guess, a bit of a kind of brainstorming blue sky thinking sort of space where we just go right this is a problem how do we solve it you know what can we be doing better across the whole church and hub um so yeah that's um that's exciting and i think that will just be a real way to kind of keep improving what we're doing and, and solve some of the issues that we're experiencing in projects and um, other areas so yeah if that suddenly makes you go oh that sounds really exciting then come and speak to me because obviously there's always space for people to join these governance groups and we and we really need that so um yeah that will be that will happen at some point this year a um, couple of new projects to, to tell you about so um, we we uh, have a new project a pilot project starting this week on Tuesday which is really exciting called Oasis Kitchen and this really evolved out of a sort of need for and it's come from conversations and relationships with pantry members about wanting a project that perhaps help people improve their skills and confidence when it comes to cooking because you get some random stuff at the pantry um, I didn't even know what a celeriac was until uh, I started helping out the pantry um, so yeah just some of those kind of trying new things, um, cooking skills, trying new recipes, uh, that side of it, but also what we're really noticing, and this has come through the living room as well, um, that we run on, on Monday nights at the moment, uh, just that sense of building community around food. I mean, that's something that we love here anyway, isn't it? But food is such a powerful tool in, in the sense of like, yeah, um, helping people build relationships with each other that then lead to that sense of peer support. And so Oasis Kitchen is, is for the, is, is got that sort of dual aim of building skills and confidence, but also um, building relationships with, uh, enabling people to build relationships with each other um, to kind of reduce social isolate. Yeah. No, I'm not going to be able to say it. Social isolation. There we go. I got there. Wow. Uh, yeah. And um, I guess community, building community, getting back to that thing that we're, that we're all about. 
Um, and then, yeah, that will be, so we're running that for eight weeks as a pilot, um, and then we'll kind of review it, evaluate it, you know, did it work, did it not, how do we need to sort of shift and change it, and then we'll hopefully sort of be able to run that maybe two or three times in the year. And we're actually commissioning um, a couple of people to deliver that for us, so that's quite good because it doesn't have a huge um, implication in terms of staff uh, capacity, so that's really good. And then the other thing um, that we're hoping to start, and this is very, very new, um, but just recognising, um, trying to keep on responding to our Ukrainian pantry members and, and making sure that we're doing all we can to help them, um, yeah, settle into to life here in Bath. And when we did the Ukraine wel welcome event last uh, year, I think one of the things that, that really came out of it was it was just really lovely for, for people, for Ukrainians to have a space to just chat with each other and be together. Um, but there's perhaps also that need for them to carry on developing their skills in English and, um, you know, integrating beyond the into the wider community as well so we're hoping to do sort of monthly conversation cafes uh, later in the year probably sort of spring summer um, where we just do a bit of a coffee morning really nothing major but just coffee and cake particularly for for ukrainian refugees to um, meet one another and yeah maybe practice english so uh, more more to come on that soon um, another thing i think is going to be related to our building projects so it's been a bit of a mess the journey of that as it often is when you when you need to do a major project like that and I think I've just not felt clear on the way forward for that and so I think that's just something that we'll need to kind of go back and revisit so um, for those that don't know um, a couple of years ago now we did a um, we got a grant to do a feasibility study on this building so this building is lovely but it's in, in need of a major refurbishment and redevelopment at some point in the next few years so this feasibility study sort of looked at what might be possible in the building created some amazing plans which are still amazing but now are completely out of date because we've totally changed everything that we, we do, which is fine. So we just need to get the architects kind of back in, you know, redraw the plans, think about what we actually need for the here and now, um, and then work out sort of how to move forward with that. So I'll be just thinking about a bit of a kind of revised strategy for that um, this year as well. Okay, um, so a couple more things. I think particularly sort of thinking about the church side, maybe. I think I'm sort of learning to be more confident, I guess, in, in who we are as a church. You know, there are loads of churches in Bath, aren't there? Um, so, you know, what is it that we are called to do that's different to other churches? Um, and I think, you know, some of those things are, are really obvious. So our, our focus on LGBT plus inclusion is, is really key, and that will be a, a, a continued part of what we do because I think it's, a, it's part of our calling. Um, I think also something is emerging for me about, you know, just this being a safe place for maybe people who are questioning or doubting or deconstructing whatever sort of um, term you want to use. But more than that, not to leave people there, but to kind of take them beyond that and go, right, how do we reimagine? How do we reconstruct? How, you know, how do we kind of build a progressive faith um, for the here and now? And that, that is a really exciting calling, I think, and a part of what we're, we're here to do. And some of you might know I um, had the, the privilege of, of doing a Nomad podcast uh, episode um, recently, which has come out this week, and it's been amazing and quite humbling to just sort of the amount of messages and things I've had from people. But what particularly has come out of it is how, even though there's a lot of people that can't be part of a church like us, you know, because of location or you know, trying to stick it out where they are, we give so much hope to people. You know, the, the probably two or three different messages to me said, you know, just hearing about Oasis and, you know, what you guys do and your journey in terms of finding a place of acceptance, it gives me hope there might be, some, there might be something like that for me one day somewhere. So I think we have a real role to sort of, be that kind of beacon of hope for people that are trying to sort of work out progressive faith where, where they are maybe too and I think that's something that we probably need to think about how do we sort of resource and, and you know wider than just us maybe 
And then finally, there's that sense of that, that large table with space for everybody. So one of the things I love the most about this community, I think, is that you know not everybody thinks the same the same thing. You know, you might not you might not understand or not resonate with the terms progressive faith or deconstruction. You know, it might not be your story or your journey at all. And I really love that. I think it's really important that we have this diversity of experience and opinion and tradition. And I really believe this is a, a place of a big table where there's space for everybody, and not everybody thinks the same thing. Or uh, yeah, that adds to the richness of our community. And I think that's something that you know we do well here and I want to continue to think about how to do that well and then I think I mentioned about the assistant church leader role for me that is like absolutely key that we don't lose that and we've got funding for that role for about another year and a half and um, but we really need to look at how to raise our church giving I think the community work side is is great and you know grants trusts donations are, have really helped with that but I think sometimes there's a bit of a you can think that you know the church side is is fine as well in terms of funding um, but you know giving and, and trying to raise our giving the more we can do that the more we'd be able to do and I think for me making the assistant church leader a permanent role that we can fund ourselves and you know maybe even making it full-time would be great um, so that that's a real hope for me sort of going forward as well and for those that that give regularly it just at this point it's always really just thank you so so much you know it's something that I don't know about you you know you, you sometimes forget that you give if, if it, like me just it's a standing order that goes out of your bank account and sometimes it's something that we we don't talk about a lot but I just wanted to say thank you for those of you that give and give generously because you're the reason that we're able to do all the things that we do you're the reason that everybody's sat here and it does make a massive difference you know our kind of ongoing regular giving is just so key to, to the things that we do so just please hear that thank you so much for those of you that give and give generously and give regularly and if you don't give and you want to find out more about that um, there's a, one of the joiners forms on the info desk at the back signing up to give a kind of regular amount each month is really the best way uh, to give and support us because it means that we can kind of budget and, and know a little bit about what's coming in and then finally, uh, the Oasis Church Network. So that's a, a term we don't use a lot because it's new and developing, but obviously there are other Oasis churches. We've got an Oasis Church in Waterloo. We've got an Oasis Church in Hull. Um, we've got a developing community in Reading and a couple of other churches that are in conversation about joining the Oasis Network in the same way that we've done. And I think we are going to be quite key in terms of going forward in resourcing some of those churches that want to do what we've done in terms of joining Oasis. Um, and yeah, there's some good conversations at the moment about... Uh, what that looks like and yeah just developing more churches because I think there is a real kind of need in this country for more of a sort of yeah these types of spaces that are safe for, for people that are questioning or um, yeah evolving in their faith so I think that's going to be we'll know more about that in, in the year to come. Okay and that is nearly it for me um, but I think this is kind of my my big thing about this year you know we've just been through such a weird few years haven't we where in some ways so much of what has happened has disconnected us from each other um you know with covid and um you know even the cost of living stuff i think some of it is about trying to cut us off from each from each other um and there's not been those opportunities to sort of gather and connect so um as well as reconnection i think there's an element of sort of recovery you know i think it's just again i sort of said similar things last year but we've still we've still been in it all it's not left has it um I think it's just acknowledging some of what we've been through. So lots of you personally have been through some really horrendous things and some of you are still in the midst of all of that. Um, and some of us are maybe emerging out of some of that, but we're tired. I think everybody's just knackered from the last few years. So it's okay just to sort of acknowledge that and be like, this isn't, again, this isn't the year to jump into loads of huge things. It's just, we're gonna need to recover and reset a little bit. And actually that's one of the reasons why our next speaking series, um, it's called Wholehearted. Um, and we're talking about it more in February, but it's this idea of, 
you know, I guess, what does wholeness look like? You know, what does life in all its fullness? Because that's the promise, isn't it? You think, well, actually, the last few years, I don't know if I've experienced life in all its fullness particularly, but I want to be on that path to wholeness. I want to know what healing means. I want to know what shalom looks like, you know, all those kind of words and things that we use. So wholehearted is going to be a theme that we look at. What does that look like? How do we move towards that? Um, yeah, and, and I think there's so much richness in the Christian de- tradition around the, that sense of shalom everything as it should be wholeness and healing and life in all its fullness so we'll kind of be looking a bit more um, at that and reconnection so reconnection in two ways with each other so you know now that we can spend more time with one another it would be good to try and do that so that's why we're doing things like the community lunch it's why we're sort of launching a few new micro hubs um, there'll be some changes coming to whatsapp groups and and the focus of community sundays which we'll communicate um at some point in the next few weeks but just more time and space to just actually speak to one another beyond the things of, you know, day to day, you know, those deeper connections and stronger relationships, because we know that everything comes out of relationship. And so we've got to be intentional about building and strengthening those friendships and relationships with one another. And then reconnection with God. So, you know, we, we've done a lot, I think, this last year, which has been really exciting to mix up and diversify our worship. Um, and some of that, I think, is going to be about making more space um, to just listen and just hear God um, and for that to be, you know, to involve more of us. So I think that's going to be a real key thing in terms of just, yeah, uh, reconnecting with God. Um, and I, I'll sort of finish before we have a bit of time, yeah, just to reflect, really. There's a, a poem that I think has been sort of particularly key to me. And some of this, I always say it's like weird because some of the things that you feel like God's saying to you, sometimes I'm not sure whether it's just for me or whether it's for, for the whole church. Um, and I'm aware that this has kind of started as something for me, but I do feel this particular element of it is is relevant. So um, I'm going to read a, um, yeah, actually... It, was, it started a few months ago that I just had this, I kept getting like the, the, um, the phrase a clearing or a clearing in the woods and I just had no idea what it meant. It was like brilliant. Just And I've got it in my, I've got like a little spiritual journal thing where I just write random things down and I've got that probably two or three times of just this sense of a, of a clearing and what that means. And I think I'm figuring it out now. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm going to read this poem um, uh, by a poet called Martha Postlewaite. Um, it'll be on the screen, but I'll, um, I'll read it out as well. Do not try to save the whole world or do anything grandiose. Instead, create a clearing in the dense forest of your life and wait there patiently until the song that is your life falls into your own cupped hands and you recognise and greet it. Only then will you know how to give yourself to this world so worthy of rescue. So I think um, I met with my spiritual director this week and we were talking about a clearing and what that means. And so, you know, if you go into a woods and there's a clearing, um, it's something that you create, isn't it? Usually, you know, that you kind of have to make a clearing. So it's, it's something that we maybe have to be intentional and think about how to do. And also there's space, there's rest, you know, there's kind of a... Um, just not all the things, like loads of trees immediately in front of you, you know, there's that sense of it being spacious and restful and calm, where perhaps we become more aware of, of what's around us. But also I think it's worth acknowledging that it's, it's you feel more exposed and more vulnerable in a, in a clearing. And so there might be things that, that we kind of need to do or look at this year, which might make us feel a bit like that, particularly if we're looking at a series where we're thinking about being wholehearted or, um, you know, those, those sorts of themes. So yeah, and other than that, I've no idea. So (laughs) that's all I've got.
Um, but yeah, I think there's a sense of more space, more time with one another, with God, and, and that sense of, yeah, cr- creating that clearing. So that's kind of what we want to move into now. Um, yeah, so Jane's just going to come up and just play for us. Um, and we're probably just going to just take sort of five minutes or so um, just to kind of, yeah, have that that sense of clearing. So, you know, what are the things that, that God is sort of saying to us um, and just to make space for, for people to share. So I have talked longer than I thought I was going to, so I'm sorry. So we're probably going to probably go about 10 minutes over today, um, but kids don't need to be be got till quarter two so we should be fine Um, but maybe just five minutes or so of just kind of quiet to just hear from God so you know what are some of the things that that you think and then we'll have five minutes where the mic will be open and anybody that wants to come and share can do with just the proviso that obviously those things that we we might want to share just need to perhaps be relevant for for everybody for us as a community probably need to be be positive and encouraging and in line with with who we know um, of God and uh, reasonably brief as well although I'm a massive hypocrite for that this morning but yeah um, so yeah, maybe I'll pray and then I'll uh, let Jane play. God, thank you that um, just knowing you doesn't have to be complicated. You know, we don't need to like dress it up or have loads of hype that we can just say, just come, just come and be with us and, and say something. Just speak to us and you will. So we thank you for the things that you've already said this morning. And we just pray now that as we just take a few minutes, that God, if there are things that you want to say to us, um, both individually and that are for the wider community, yeah, we would love that. We love hearing from you and we need to keep hearing from you. So yeah, just come and be amongst us now and help us to hear the things that you're saying to us. Help us create this clearing now. Amen. So yeah, if uh, anybody wants to come and share anything they particularly feel like it's on their minds or God has said to us, um, the mic is open. And I recognise this is like, oh my gosh, this is a massively intimidating thing to do. Um, But we've got to be brave. (laughs) And yeah, I don't want it to just be about me or a group of other people sharing from the front. So it might be that there was just something that was really on your mind or... Um, a thought that you've had in the week that just came back to you and you think might be relevant for, for us as a community or, um, yeah, that maybe links to, to something I've said or might not link at all. So, yeah, do do come on up um, if you'd like to share anything. I was just thinking about come as you are, um, which is, I think, so key in summing up what we're about as a community. We tend to think about that in terms of come... Uh, as we are with our questions, our doubts, our fears, our anxieties, we want this to be a safe place. Those are, those are important elements of that. But I was just reflecting, as Joan was playing, um, or I was reflecting on what a gift Joan is to us as a church and has been for so many years. Uh, I'm just thinking about bringing our creativity, bringing our words and our pictures and our our practical skills and whatever it is that we've got. And, I, and this isn't a recruitment drive. This isn't about saying, come and join a team. But it's about just, I think, just this, that sort of feeling of, um, yeah, I just want to encourage us to, to bring what we are, you know, who we are, everything that we've got. And, and you may think, well, there isn't, any, there isn't a space for me to bring this thing. Well, we can make a space, perhaps. You know, don't let that put you off. And don't look at Joan and think, well, wow, I could never do that. Great, because <laughs> we don't want loads of people that can play the piano like Joan, but we, we want everything else as well. So I think it's just around that, really, just 
I'd encourage you this year maybe to, to think about how can I bring that thing which really matters to me, even if there isn't, doesn't seem to be a space for it, um, because that's about us being richer together, I think. Well, this feels scary. <laughs> um, but I was struck this week by something from a fairly unusual source, uh, Lisa Marie Presley. You heard that she died this week. And I was reading an article, um, a quote from her, about space to grieve. <laughs> and it kind of ties in with what you were saying about bringing space. And she was challenging people about how we deal with grief in the West. And she obviously had grief from the age of nine <laughs> uh, when her father died, very famously. And uh, her, her son committed suicide. <laughs> Um, and it, it just seems such a, a tale of tragedy going down the generations. It really touched me. And, and her challenge to people was saying, give people who are grieving space. Um, I know there are people in this congregation who are grieving at the moment, and so I wanted to uh, maybe flag that up for all of us because I felt she challenged me. She was saying, here in the West, we say, oh, you have to move on. We have to get over this. She said, grief isn't like that. And she said, don't tell me that I can't imagine your pain. Try harder, is basically what she was saying. And I felt that that was a real challenge for all of us. So I wanted to share that. It's about giving people space to grieve. Um, in my hallway, I have... Um an illustration that someone did for me um, of some words from him. Uh, strength for today, bright hope for tomorrow. And I feel like there's been a lot of needing strength for today and not an awful lot of bright hope for tomorrow. Um, bright hope for tomorrow has felt quite unattainable. Um, and maybe there might be others who, who have that experience too. Um, and I actually read the same poem that Joe just read out about two or three weeks ago. And I took something slightly different. I took a slightly different aspect of it for me personally. Um, but I've thought about it um, on and off since I read it. And I was thinking about walking through a really dense forest. And just there being shafts of diffused light. So not bright, not bright hope for tomorrow, but just moments of diffused light. And actually in the clearing, it feels like that's the place where the light settles. It's not necessarily about it being like a bright spotlight, but it's just where the light settles. And for me, that felt encouraging, hopeful. And I wonder sometimes if, if that's just around our, our not managing our expectations, because we know God can do amazing things but just living in the reality of it, not necessarily looking shiny and wonderful, but just settling on us. I was, I was trying to formulate something that follows on from what Claire was saying, actually, which is I've been in probably the biggest moral and ethical professional dilemma recently, and what it's taught me is right isn't easy or comfortable or shiny 
and but there's a lot of comfort in it but it's learning to be living with the agony that can be right and awful <laughs> that was, I don't know if that's useful to anyone um, did you did you get the key word this morning did you get what it was did you hear it it's space isn't it space space um, I had a little bit of time to just think about what I was going to say and um, space is all over it um, so that's really good. Um, there's uh, just a few phrases just to leave with you this morning. Um, the first phrase that God gave me for this morning that perhaps we can just look at at another time and talk about a bit more is that there's no change. No change to those dreams, those hopes, those words, those pictures, those visions from God, from us collectively that we've brought over the years. There's no change. God says, no change. It's still all on the table. It's still all there. But actually, because of that, everything has changed. That song that Nell and Jacob sang last week, everything has changed. So you see me this morning, a total failure. I tried to go swimming. I didn't make it. I tried to go for a run. I didn't make it. Rhiannon said, it's all right, mum. We're going to cycle to church. But even then, a mammal middle-aged man in Lycra, I, Rob Tricky, overtook me. <laughs> I totally failed this morning. So however you feel how you finished the last year, everything has changed as we go forward because nothing has changed with God. Everything that he said, every word that he's spoken over this church, every word that he's shared into your lives, it's all still there, even the building. And the verse I will finish with is the verse that God gave to the people who built this church. Now the Lord has given us room. God has given us space. And we will flourish in this land. Thank you, Gaina. Well, I'm aware it's quarter two and uh, we, we need to stop there. But like I said, there's going to be more space uh, for this kind of thing. So if there's things that you're thinking and yeah, um, do email. You can always email csg at oasisbath.org um, and we'll we'll kind of think about how to just, yeah, make more time for this over the over the coming weeks. But thanks to those that have shared. Thank you for bearing with us as we've gone over a bit. Apologies for that. It's totally my fault. Maybe I'll just, I'll just pray to, to close. God, we thank you for just what a privilege it is to just live life with you alongside us and that we're never alone, we're never lost. We're always, yeah, with you and being guided and, and we feel that this morning as a, as a church as well. And so we just thank you for the things that um, you've spoken to us, through us, and we just ask that you would keep doing that, that just little seeds, little thoughts would just grow over the coming days and weeks and that as we create more space for this kind of thing, you would just continue to, yeah, lead us, comfort us, guide us, show us the way. Amen. You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org.